Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome, 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 beautiful people to the Fight Podcast, the weekly combat sports and culture podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente, and we have a great show for you today. Today, I'll be covering Bellator 207 and 208, as well as the heavyweight Grand Prix semis. Is Terrence Crawford the pound for pound number one boxer in the world today? Your turn to talk and this weekend's winners and losers. Remember, the Fire Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off of your first three months. Remember to follow the Fire Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fire Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. And support the show by checking me out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. The Fight Podcast currently lives on iTunes and SoundCloud, so don't forget to subscribe, listen, rate, and purchase merch today. Boom! Welcome to the Fight Podcast. I hope you all had an amazing weekend. We have, you know, that late fall winter feeling already here in Chicago. It's been every bit of mid-30s the entire time, which is bananas because last weekend was almost 90. So, hey, you know what they say about Chicago, man. If you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes. (laughs) But I have to tell you about this fire Bellator card this weekend and this fire boxing event. All of that kept me warm in this cold Chicago weather. I know I'm being corny, but whatever. Let's go ahead and jump into Bellator 207. All right. How did I feel about Bellator 207? Did this event this weekend actually deliver? So for those of us who don't know, Bellator has had an entire East Coast Bellator weekend. They had an event in Connecticut on Friday evening, headlined by Ryan Bader against Matt Mitrion in one half of the semifinals for the Heavyweight Grand Prix. The rest of the card was also really stacked. And on Friday, they were in Long Island, and uh, they actually had that card headlined by Chael Sonnen against the last emperor, Fedor Milinenko. So the, the fight cards themselves were crazy on paper. Bellator did a great job of promoting them, putting them together. But, uh... How did they deliver it? And I'll be the first to tell you, yo, Bellator delivered. They put on a phenomenal event. 
everybody from the top to the bottom, everybody performed. Yeah, of course, there were a couple of duds and a couple of sleepers in it, but it's an MMA card. What, what, what can you say? For the most part, everybody delivered. You had incredible finishes, record-breaking finishes. You had compelling storylines. You had fighters coming back who haven't fought in forever. So this card, um, and I'm talking about specifically Bellator 207, that was this past Friday, had everything. So I'm going to go ahead and start off predominantly what we want to talk about. Ryan Bader versus Matt Mitrione. Ryan Bader is currently the Bellator 205 pound champion. He is bumped up in weight to go ahead and compete at this Bellator tournament to become the champ champ himself, just like the UFC has Daniel Cormier. And you know what's bananas is that a couple years ago, Ryan Bader was thought to be the easiest fight in UFC's 205-pound division. Nobody paid him any attention. In fact, after um, Daniel Cormier in UFC 189 won his light heavyweight championship for the first time, Ryan Bader was in the back and Daniel Cormier even said it. He's like, I want the easiest fight in this division. Give me Ryan Bader. And they had their own little thing. And um, and it's funny how, what, three years, four years have changed the game. And Ryan Bader is now looked at as one of the premier athletes in the sport. On the other foot, Matt Mitrione is widely regarded as a top five heavyweight in the world, regardless of organization. So people look at Matt Mitrione, and in my opinion, even he was the front runner to win this tournament. He should have been the favorite. He's the biggest, he's the most athletic, and he has a skill set to go out there and win the tournament. So how did the fight break down? Nowhere near as entertaining as I thought it should be. Yo, Ryan Bader just destroys Matt Mitrione. Ryan Bader goes out here, the 205-pound champ, weighs in at 230 pounds for this fight. So that's a legitimate heavyweight. He's a small, a little bit on the smaller end, but he's still a big physical heavyweight. Matt Mitrione was coming in about 250. And Ryan Bader played the exact game plan that I thought he was going to play. Matt Mitrione tried to stay on the outside. Ryan Bader wasn't having any of it. He refused to engage in any of the stand-up. Shot in right away and honestly had an extremely dominant performance. It was really entertaining. And I'd be the first to admit, I used to hate watching grapplers just take down strikers and beat them up. But I am finding a an appreciation for what a lot of these guys are doing, especially grapplers that are as technically sound as Ryan Bader, as Khabib Nurmagomedov. These guys who are extremely technical on the ground and they're moving and they're not just laying and praying. I used to be in that camp to be like, oh, I can't stand it. Get up. All they're doing is dry humping they dudes on the ground. This is trash. But the more you're involved in the sport, the more you're actually watching what high level guys do. You love it, man. I love it. 
This is great to watch. And watching what Matt Mitrione, Matt Mitrione is a solid competitor, man. And he was doing everything in his power to get back up to his feet. Ryan Bader wasn't having any of it. Dragging him down, transitioning from his incredible double leg blast. And honestly, he might have one of the best double leg takedowns in the game. Great double leg blasts. If he didn't get it, he transitioned right away to a single leg, ride him, take him down, and again, continue punching throughout. So, after the fight, Ryan Bader was asked, who would he have preferred in the mix? Who does he believe he'll end up fighting in the Grand Prix tournament? Now, he was diplomatic, but I say this. I wasn't surprised in his answer, and this is what he had to say. Oh, mystique and nostalgia of it, I'm picking Fedor, you know, to win the heavyweight Grand Prix, uh, the title, be a two-division champion, and doing it, and do it beating Fedor, it doesn't get any bigger than that. You know, that being said, uh, they're, they're so different. They're, they're, you know, Chael, I think he, uh, I know what I'm going to get with Chael. You know, with uh, Fedor, he has that mystique. You never know, you know, what he's going to do in there. You, you know, he throws bombs. You know, he's great on the ground. So, uh, if I have my choice, so it would be Fedor. If I'm picking... So, if you didn't hear the question to start off with, they asked who would Ryan Bader prefer as an opponent? He chose Fedor. And honestly, I understand. Um, for those of us who grew up loving MMA, I started watching MMA in the early 2000s. I'd say around 2002, 2003. And for those of us who remember watching Pride, when Pride was the largest organization in the world, we all remember the legend of Fedor. Fedor was the greatest of all time. He was dog walking dudes like um, uh, Minotaur Nogueira, Mark Hunt. All of these guys Fedor was dealing with back then. We remember Fedor now. We see the dad bod. We see Fedor, you know, showing the wear and tear of the years, you know, on his face. You can see the scar tissue. He doesn't look like he's in the same type of shape that he used to be in. But we also have to remember the man is 42 years old. So, and again, 42 years old, came in weighing at 236 pounds. He's a big man. He's only six feet tall. So on a six foot frame, 230 pounds is a lot. 236 pounds, especially. I, I know I'm six feet tall. I walk around close to a buck 90 and that's a bunch of weight to, to, to carry. So I could only imagine what 260 pounds, 230 pounds feels like in this weight, in this, uh, at this um this height so look that's who he wants to, to fight and um man it, 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 i mean we'll see what is happening i'll break that down that card down in a moment but before i get to that the rest of this card um the co-main event was sergey karatonov versus roy nelson now for those of us who don't know sergey karatonov you need to. Sergey Karatonov is one of the greatest heavyweight 
um, fighters of all time. He goes out there and he fights against Roy Nelson. All of us know and love Roy Nelson, the big belly. Speaking to somebody who's a six foot frame on a 260 pound uh, body on a six foot frame. Um, Roy Nelson, we all know uh, one of the most entertaining fighters that we know. He has the mullet. He has a super dad bod. Looks like he just got done drinking a six pack. And he, for those of us who don't know, Roy Nelson, big, athletic, regardless on what his body looks like, huge right hand, um, hasn't been finished since 2010, and that was against Mark Hunt, and there's no shame in that. Actually, I think it was 2013. Let me double back. But regardless, it's been a while since he's been touched up. Great on the ground, great wrestling, great jiu-jitsu. He's a black belt on the ground. Sergey Karatonov, a uh, legend, old, old school Russian. He's beat the who's who in MMA. He's beaten Overeem. He's beaten the Minotauros. He's beaten the Mark Hunts. I'm just going to, I'm trying to pull up uh, some of these dudes records just so you can, because I, I really feel the need to tell you everybody that's on this guy's resume because we, we, we literally don't pay attention to some of these guys that haven't fought in the UFC. So Sergey Karatonov's record is 29 and six. Okay. He's beaten the likes of, and just going down the list. When he was in Pride, he went ahead and scuffed up Alexander Ilmenyenko, who is Fedor's brother, who is also a beast in his own right. He's beaten Fabricio Verdum. He's beaten Pedro Hizo. He's beaten Antonio Rogerio Nogueira. And that's just to name a few. This dude is an absolute beast. So he goes out here and he was the underdog against Roy Nelson. Roy Nelson, far bigger name in, in the um, in the organization. And let me be the first to tell you, I was wrong. Yo, he went out there and this was a dog fight. I've never seen anybody deal with Roy Nelson in this way. The fight kicks off and right from the beginning, huge shots uppercuts right hands and i'll be honest with you he just beat up roy nelson he seemed like he was just far bigger and far more explosive i would love after this knockout he ended up knocking out roy nelson with about a minute left in the into the first round it was a scary beat down man one-sided he he knocked him out and um what would i like to see next to be honest with you this was a great fight at heavyweight, and Sergey Karatonov 100% should probably end up fighting Czech Congo. Czech Congo is on a seven-fight win streak. Sergey Karatonov is on a nice little streak of his own at this point in time. Big win against um, Roy Nelson. In my opinion, that would be the uh, next matchup. All right, last fight I'm going to talk about on this one. Lorenzen Larkin is back in the win column. He won a fight against the very, very tough, um, his Romanian national wrestling champion opponent whose only loss in his entire career is against my dark horse in the, the welterweight tournament is Ed Ruth. 
So watching this dude um, fight was I was very interested to see this matchup Ed Ruth, I think, is extremely explosive. Great wrestler. Super scary power. Um, I've talked about him before in the show. He was a prospect alert uh, a couple weeks back. Uh, you guys should go back and check that out if you haven't already. Uh, I give a full breakdown of Ed Ru- of uh, Ed Ruth. I believe that is on episode thirty of the Fight Podcast. So you should check that out if you haven't had an opportunity. But man, Larkin made this look easy. He went out there, and this was the event. This was a fight to set up whoever was the alternate for the Welterweight Grand Prix tournament. Now. Lorenz Larkin, who is a UFC veteran, has fought for a Bellator championship and lost a close split decision to Douglas Lima at the time. One of the best welterweights in the world, top 10 welterweight in the world, in my opinion, regardless of organization. He didn't want to compete in the welterweight tournament because he would have been on the shelf for over a year. So he chose to get in this way. I do believe that he will eventually be in the tournament because I am betting at this point in time that Rory McDonald, with his messed up nose, might be missing the tournament. So just keep your eyes open for that. And I absolutely keep you guys uh, uh, in check for when that happens. But Larkin just did work. It looked like a sparring session. Um, the Romanian kid had nothing for him. Last round, he ended up taking him down, controlling him, but didn't land anything specific. So I had this being a 30-27 matchup. I understand uh, 30-29, 30-28, or whatever the case may be, but this wasn't that close. Salute to uh, Lorenz Larkin. All right. So all in all, uh, Bellator 207 was great. They already... we're trending better at I'd say than the UFC in terms of clean events. But uh let's go ahead and talk about the rest of the weekend in Bellator 208. So moving on to the next event, it just finished. Did it deliver? Yo, Bellator 208 also delivered, man. Great fights from top to bottom. Um, the undercard was solid, solid, you know, finishes, uh, solid events, solid fighters on there that we need to start keeping an eye on. But what do we want to watch? You know what we wanted to watch. I want to go ahead and watch. The Grand Prix semifinals, the main event of the night, I wanted to see, which is possibly and very well regarded as the top Bellator event of all time. Chael, P, Sonnen, the American gangster against the Russians' last emperor, Fedor Emelianenko. This fight was far more entertaining than I thought as well. This actually might have been one of the best fights that I've actually seen Shale Sonnen in. This actually was the best fight that I've actually seen Fedor Emelianenko compete in in years. This is the best Fedor I've seen since Strike Force, which is easily six years ago. So, how did the event play out? They start off zero feeling out process. Fedor comes in the middle. Chael is more aggressive than I thought he would have been. 
Chill was extremely aggressive. And I understand it, hindsight being 2020. Fedor is older. We don't believe he is as explosive as he used to be. And he's been known to gas. Look at the Fabio Baldonado fight. He quote unquote won that fight, or I think it was actually given a no contest, but he gassed. So I completely understand why Chael was extremely aggressive to start. One thing I don't think Chael Sonnen anticipated, and I can't lie, you almost forget the power that Fedor still possesses. He's 42 years old, but power is by far the last thing to go. And especially for heavyweights, Fedor is still extremely fast. So at the gate, Fedor drops Chael Sonnen with a beautiful one, like three punch combination. The second push of the three punch combination, he clips him with a huge left hook, drops Chael P. And I have to tell, say one thing, Chael was ready for this fight. Chael was extremely, extremely poised and extremely conditioned because he jumped right back up. He was jacked. And most people, most fighters would have quit, especially after getting rocked the way he did. Chael jumped right back up. I give him kudos. All the props in the world. And Chael had his moments in this fight. It seemed as if Fedor was gassing a couple times. Chael was able to get on top. Chael was able to get side control. He was able to utilize his wrestling. But again, I think we didn't account for and we forget because we haven't seen Fedor on the ground as often over the past couple years and we forget his Sambo prowess. He has incredible hips. He's able to do some really, really great sweeps. He's able to do some great throws. And he still possesses a lot of those movements. And he's able to sh- pretty much use athleticism and explosive- explosiveness to pretty much buck off Chell at any point in time. Chell had a dominant position. Now, the fight ends up finishing with Chell P trying to get um, hooks. He tried to get the back of Fedor. He tried to use an explosive movement, throw both hooks in, and pull Fedor to his back by rolling over. He misassessed how explosive Fedor was. Fedor was able to get out of the way, end up on top, land ground and pound to end up finishing the fight. Uh, the fight was finishing about a minute left into the fight. All in all, great fight. All in all, great performance by both men. And I'm not going to lie, it was really, really good to see Fedor be Fedor. To be able to watch this legend compete in 2018 at the top of MMA. Let's not forget, this is one of the biggest things that is currently happening in combat sports. And Fedor, somebody who's been involved in the sport for the last 22 years, is still at the forefront. This dude is a legend. So I love that he's going to be there. So January 26th um, in uh, L.A., we will see Fedor, the last Emperor Milianenko, 
fighting for the heavyweight grand prix tournament against the bellator 205 pound champion ryan bader um i will break that fight down when we get closer to it i cannot wait for that event all right um moving on really really quick to the co-main event benson smooth henderson um went out there and fought against um his opponent um Saad. and i'm gonna tell you uh benson looked great man it, Benson had he started off far more and this was a unanimous decision win looked great in the grappling exchanges looks very dominant looks very conditioned second round could have easily been a 10-8 round I had him all of my 30-27 across the board Benson lands some great body kicks great ground and pound and even better control he proved to me today, or should I say last night, um, he proved to me this weekend that he is still one of the best in the world at um, 155 pounds. Uh, he doesn't need to play with 170 pounds anymore. I think he only walks around at around 170 pounds. But uh, all in all, Benson Smooth Henderson, I would like to see fight the winner of the championship fight with Brad Primus, Brett Primus and Michael Chandler. I think he deserves that fight. So, uh, all in all, man, great, great uh, weekend. Bellator 208 and 209 um, produced, man. They had epic performances. Um, this kid, uh, his name is, and I'm doing everything I can to get him on the fight podcast, but uh, he is one of their up and coming um, prospects. And this dude's name, and I have him on our list of winners and losers. Uh, he had a six second KO. Uh, this dude's name is Mike Kimball. Mike Kimball, young dude, um, super explosive, great wrestling, great striking. Um, he's definitely one of the winners. I'll bring him up in a moment. But all in all, man. Uh, so one thing I want to bring up. Last weekend was UFC's biggest card, UFC 229. That was when we had the entire melee with Conor McGregor and Khabib. And after both weekends, I was wondering how the weekends compared. Yes, the UFC, and they actually just came out. I was wrong on what I believe the pay-per-view numbers would be. It's crushing every number. It looks like it's going to be 2.4 million pay-per-view buys, which destroys everything else, um, which kudos to them, kudos to everybody on <laughs> who's associated with that car because it means all the athletes gonna get paid and that's really all i care about so um i'm happy about that but performance wise and all in all good feelings i think bellator is doing it the right way they're doing legends fights they're mixing it with prospects they have big names along with up-and-coming people they have it on free tv I'm telling you, all in all, I think Bellator, two, Bellator 207 20 weekend was better. Maybe not numbers-wise, but all-around martial arts, all-around combat sports um, performances, I have to give the edge. I have to give the advantage 100% to Bellator. So um, salute to Bellator uh, over this past weekend. All right. 
That wasn't the only bit of combat sports over the weekend. PBC Boxing on ESPN had a great fight. Um, the consensus pound for pound, number one, Terrence Crawford goes out there and fights the very, very tough Benavidez. And yo, Terrence Crawford goes out there and proves why he is the top two pound for pound fighter in the world i'll say it's between him and at this point in time um vasily lomachenko but he went out there and fought the very tough and greedy benavidez and ends up getting the finish with 19 seconds left in the fight he ends up dropping benavidez with the super super sticky and, and stiff um right uppercut which happened to be the only right uppercut he threw the entire fight that happened with 45 seconds left of the 12th and very final round um once uh benavidez got up Terrence Crawford being the finisher that he is goes out there lands some beautiful shots closes the deal with 19 seconds left in the very uh last round wins the fight in his hometown of Nebraska great fight um Terrence Crawford is the real deal man um Benavides is a big dude big tough durable guy who's able to take a lot of shots and one thing that uh, Crawford was able to do which I was extremely impressed about is that he was able to utilize his speed and he's just extremely intelligent he works to the body a lot and every time Benavidez tried to use his pickaboo guard so that when he's like keeping the high guard covering his face so he's not taking huge shots Crawford did an amazing job of destroying Benavidez's body. He just just ripped him to the body left and right. Hard shots to the body. As soon as the Beekaboo guard opened up, boom, straight shots upstairs. And he slowly but surely worked him away and worked him down. It, it reminds me of Joe Rogan had a joke one time. And don't get it twisted. I'm going to butcher the joke. But he says he has daughters, right? He has a couple daughters in his wife. He has a, like a mound of marbles. And it's like the, the daughters are chipping away at his exterior the more marbles they take. And I know I killed the joke. I'm not even trying to be funny right now. But that's pretty much what happened. Crawford was taking his marbles, taking his energy, taking his Benny his power throughout. So by the time that 12th round came... He was already a shell of himself. Didn't seem like it. And Benavides was posturing, kind of showing out, making faces, shrugging at him. He shrugged, got caught. So great, great uh, fight by both men. Terrence Crawford um, is a bad dude. Now, people want to see uh, Terrence Crawford fight Errol Spence Jr. I'm going to say it again. Errol Spence walks through Terrence Crawford. What would I prefer seeing? I think... The best possible matchup at 140 pounds at this point in time. And if you want to make it 147 pounds because of the size, it will be a better fight. Mikey Garcia versus uh, Terrence Crawford would be because of the size would be a better matchup. And I think Terrence Crawford wins that fight. It will be a great fight. But I have Terrence Crawford winning that fight in a late stoppage or a um, unanimous decision. So uh, Terrence Crawford, top three pound for pound out there doing his thing. All right. Um, we're almost out of here. A couple more things I want to touch on before we get up out of here. Uh, moving on. Um, I want to talk about this weekend's winners and losers of the weekend. Winners by far. 
Vader, the last emperor, gets his first round stoppage. Looked great doing it. Um, looked explosive. Didn't look old. 100% winner of the weekend. And he did it on such a national stage that he is becoming a big name here in the States once again. So salute to uh, Fader Emelianenko. Ryan Bader is, that's, he's another winner. He's moving on to the finals as well. And he is proving and he's showing everybody, especially the UFC, you guys gave up on me too quickly. I am legitimate. I am one of the best in the world. And I am going to continue taking bellator to the next level and leaving the ufc behind salute to that man um and he has an opportunity to be the uh the, the champ champ after um this heavyweight tournament um sergey karatonov you he you we forget he looked great he's a winner he is right back into the mix at the heavyweights after this heavyweight tournament is finished he possibly gets a shot at the championship, or he gets a shot at Chicago. Chicago, who um, is on a seven-fight heavy heavyweight win streak for uh, Bellator, so that might be a great matchup in itself. Um, last uh, winner for the weekend, aside from obviously Terence Crawford. Mike Kimball, Mike Kimball, young fighter, um, early in his career, six second KO of uh, his opponent there in Bellator. People going to be paying attention to that kid. He was on a sports center top 10. You know, you've made it when you made a sports center top 10. So salute to that man. All right. Losers of the weekend. Matt Mitrione, dude. WTF, man. Are, do you not work wrestling? How is it possible that in a three-round fight, you are one of the top five heavyweights regardless of organization? How is it possible that you don't even land a punch, son? What happened? Henry Hoof, I think, is a great coach. But guys who train down there always worry me because it seems like none of them work on their grappling. Like, dude, what's going on? Matt Mitrione didn't show well of himself. He always drops a ball, I feel like, in the biggest situations. Um, hurts my heart because I'm a huge fan of that guy, and I've been a fan of his since he was on The Ultimate Fighter a couple years back. Um, super disappointed. Moving on. And before I hear your turn to talk, I want to go ahead and remind you guys that the Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Uh, Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off over your first three months. All right. Your turn to talk. Uh, we had a couple questions this week, and I really do appreciate you guys. First question comes in from Ad Ed Co. All right, thank you, Ed Co. Ed Co. writes: Now that Bader looks like he's the best, a beast in Bellator is a beast. Yeah, the a beast in Bellator, and on his way to winning the Grand Prix. How do you think he'll do against DC? Both champ champs. A good question, uh, Ed Co. Um, look, I think that he is great. I think Daniel Cormier is one of the greatest of all time. I think there's different levels to it. And the way that Ryan Bader is winning a lot of his matchups is pretty much being a poor man's Daniel Cormier. Solid wrestling, solid stand-up, timely stand-up. Daniel Cormier, far better wrestling, Olympic caliber wrestler, Far better stand up. So I have to say Daniel Cormier wins that matchup. Um, but all in all, 
uh, Ryan Bader is one of the greatest fighters out there today. All right. Uh, next question. I uh, hope I answer your question. At Ants Marina asks, 50 Cent went on IG and offered Khabib to Millie to leave the UFC and go to Bellator. Should he do it? And does that make Bellator, if he does do it, bigger than the UFC? Hmm. Good question. Um, yo, 50 Cent just guys just has cash to chuck around. Um, yeah, it seems like he's working with Bellator at this point in time. And uh, I saw that he did offer Khabib two stacks to leave or two milli to leave. And Khabib said, send me a time and a place. Um, 50 Cent said, I'm not playing. I will take care of the UFC's lawyers and everything. We'll figure this out afterwards. I'm going to be very honest with you. The UFC needs to play this very, very cautiously. If Khabib leaves the UFC after being one of the biggest pay-per-view draws of all time, he will put Bellator over the top. I've already said on this show plenty of times, I think that Bellator over the next three years with the Dazzin deal and other thing, moves that they're doing, the way Scott Coker is moving, I think that they will surpass the UFC. And if Khabib goes, hands down being the best fighter in that division, it makes a huge difference. And honestly... Um, I think that, yeah, you're right. I think this would surpass the UFC. It'd be a huge hit to the UFC. But we already know Uncle Dana's not going to go uh, without a fight. All right. Uh, next question and last question we'll bring up for the day is at Dom Show writes, is it a good idea to have Darius Lewis, Derek Lewis fight on November 3rd when he's not cleared to fight until November 6th and after he took a beating less than a month ago? Hey, man, you're right. Um, last time this happened where a fighter, he won when this wasn't a win, but a lot of times fighters come back and you see it happening um, both ways. Frank Yeager took a pretty bad uh, butt kicking by... Brian Ortega got a flash knockdown, came back, beat Cub Swanson, seemed like nothing happened. On the other foot, you have Michael Bisbing, got beat up by George Champierre, turns around, tries to fight Kevin Gastelum, and gets dealt with in the first round. I see being more of the latter. You're right. I think this is a misstep. I understand it business-wise. I get it. I think it's a good idea. I want to see this fight. For Derek Lewis, it's probably his best opportunity to get a title shot. Because if I'm looking at the other guys in the top, Curtis Blades, Stipe, I don't see him beating those two. So this is a great opportunity for him to get his own title shot, to get a huge pay-per-view car to get a huge payday uh prior to um anything else going on so you're right it is a bad idea and he could get hurt unfortunately it's the name of the game and the man's gonna get paid so it is what it is um yeah 
All right, so check this out. <laughs> I haven't done this in a while. I used to do hot takes on every episode, but I wanted to get this hot take to hot take off my chest because it's been bothering me. It really has. And I've noticed it since the merger of Dazzin. So here's my hot take of the day. Dazzin and Bellator and anyone else in Bellator or involved in Dazzin, you guys know they have their commentators, Ak and Barak, who are their sideline guys, I guess. They do post fights. They do. They have like their own little, you know, uh, interview show that's on the Dazzin app. They're boxing guys. They have a show on Sirius Satellite. And it seems like they're really, they're from New York. They they dress kind of goofy. You know, they always throw on little fedoras and, and button-ups. They're, they're trying to, you know, that, that's their shtick. You know what I'm saying? That's their shtick. I'm not mad at it. it. I think it's they look goofy, but that's their thing. And I'm not mad at their thing. That's cool. I actually don't have a problem with that. But when it comes to Ak and Barack's commentary, especially when it comes to MMA, yo, Ak and Barack are pure trash. Garbage, son. It's ridiculous. Have you watched these guys? And if you don't get a chance to watch them, you need to. Go on the Dazzin app. Go on YouTube or whatever. But, dude, these dudes disgust me, man. And this is why. When they go out there and they talk about uh, boxing, I was already kind of halfway disgusted when I watched them interview Anthony Joshua. They kind of ride them a little bit. They they seem more fans than they do journalists of any kind, which is okay. I'm a fan. I get it. I'm a fan of everybody who I interview. But it's just a little bit over the top. But all of a sudden, you go to MMA, they totally disregard the sport. Turn their noses up. They went out there and were talking to Matt Mitrione, and the entire time they were asking him about a UFC fight. How is it possible? Why would you ask anybody about a UFC fight when you work for Bellator and Dazzin? Why are you giving more credence in pub? And they spend the entire time talking about the UFC. Their body language is trash. They then you can tell that not only do they not care about the sport. They just they 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 completely are, and you see this with a lot of boxing experts and the boxing fans. They look at it like they're these boxing purists, and that anything else is not as sophisticated. Oh, look at their stand up. They 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 don't know how to punch. They don't know how to punch because it's not boxing, and they do know how to punch, but they just have to worry about other things. Dazzin. Get somebody out there that actually understands the sport. These guys are solid at boxing, man, and I'm not going to take that about them. And I'm sure they know more about boxing than I do, but at least I show respect to the sport. I love boxing. And if they're going to talk about MMA, they need to love MMA the exact same way. 
Bellator, Dazzin, hire somebody who's not trashed like that. Hire somebody, hire an MMA specific guy or girl who can cross over. Like me. Somebody in who actually cares about MMA. And even if it's not me, somebody else who actually cares and actually can show and educate people in the sport, man. Because these dudes aren't doing it. They're making it seem for everybody else who actually doesn't understand MMA. They're making it seem like ah, this is just kind of a throwaway thing. Don't really pay attention to it. How we're going to continue growing the sport if the people that are actually trying to tell you and educate you about the sport don't respect it. Dazzin and Bellator do better. Ak and Brock are total trash. And I can go about this all day and I don't want to be negative because look, when it comes to boxing, those dudes are decent. But when it comes to everything else, they're pure garbage. So Bellator, get it together, man. Dazzin, get it together. Um, my bad, <laughs> my bad, man. I, I, it's been really bothering me watching it, and and it, that's really something I really had to get off my chest, man. Um, all in all, yo, thank you everybody that submitted questions for your turn to talk. Um, and uh, and remember, the more you ask, the more you put questions up there, the more I'll be able to answer questions on the show. Look, man, um, yo, that's about all the time I have for today. Great weekend of fights. This upcoming week, there's PFL 10, and we'll break down that show um, and uh, everything that the PFL is doing right now. I really love what they're doing. They're doing some amazing things. Demetrius Andraj, the undefeated middleweight boxing phenom who's supposed to fight Billy Joe Saunders this past, this next weekend, is still competing, and I'll break that fight down and much more this upcoming week. This is Serge Vicente, and that is our show for today. Thank you so much for joining me today on episode 37 of The Fight Podcast. The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast. Follow me at Serge Vicente and support the show by checking me out on the website thebypodcast.com apply um, promo codes thank you all again for listening and I will catch you next time right here on the fight podcast peace out peace out